So tonight we're continuing in our foundation series, and I'm just going to, just, just for the sake of maybe you've been here, or maybe you missed one, or maybe you had never been here, so I'm just going to go over and read some of my notes about concerning this series on foundation. Um, but <clears throat> from February 17th till now, we have been a body that is engaging in going after one establishing relationships, and also building foundations. Um, the foundations have to do with building the right character and the right heart. There are three things that are coming and will continue to come from this teaching on foundation. That we become clear about what we believe, because you must be clear in what you believe. Not just say, well, I think it's this and I think it's that. So we're laying foundation so that, so that it's clear what you believe. Number two, to know how to follow Jesus. The thing is that you can know about Him, but not necessarily know how to follow Him. So it's vital that you know how to follow Jesus. And number three, to be a disciple. Knowing about Him doesn't make you a disciple. You have to be a hearer of what's being taught a meditator, person that meditates and thinks about what's being said, and then be a doer of that word. Vital that, that we live that way and that we understand things in that way. Um, there are many foundations. We read this in, in one, of our, our, one of our classes. We, we read 1 Corinthians 3, verse 10 through 15. If you don't have that down, it would be good for you to go back and, and to read it. But there's three lessons from this scripture that we talked about. Number one, that Christ is the only foundation. Some people have foundations of traditions. We don't want the traditions of men because the traditions of men make the word of God of no effect and no power, no dominion. There's no authority that you can operate when, you just, when all you're founded in is tradition. Second thing that comes from 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 15, is that to build right foundation, you have to have the right material. So you can build a foundation, but be using wrong materials. You have to build foundation, because, because you can have, you can be established, you can be established in, in, um, in the Muslim religion, because you took certain materials and you built a foundation on it. And we're not against the, the people, we're not against Muslims or people that, that have that. We're not against them because everybody's been created in the image of God. But what we found out from the Word of God is that there's only one God. There's not a dozen gods. There's not a multiplicity of gods. And you have to get that solid inside. And it doesn't mean that you become critical of people that believe other things. Because the moment you become critical, the power of God leaves your life also. So we're not critical of what other people believe. But we found out in the Word that there's only, there's all, there's only one true foundation. So you can build foundation with wrong material and it won't produce the results that we're looking for. And the third thing that we found in 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 15, is that our work must be tested for quality and obedience. Our works must be tested for quality and obedience. And that's where we find out 
We find out if what we're doing, we're doing from the heart. And along the way, when you find out that you're not doing some things from the heart, you make some corrections and alterations so that it goes from your head to your heart. And these are things that we've been talking about in, in our teaching on foundation. There are three foundations that this whole series will encompass. Three foundations. The first one is faith. The second is the Word. And the third is church and community. And understanding those three. In this first foundation of faith, there there are five points that we're looking at. And tonight we're on the fourth point. The first point was faith in Christ. Knowing who you are. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, everything is brand new. And again, I tell you, go to the website, go to iTunes, go to the podcast and to iTunes, subscribe in iTunes, type in Gates of the City, and you can get every one of these messages, you can download them, you can listen to them, whatever, for free, all the way back to 2009. But this series on foundation is there, and it's good that you go back and listen to it. I don't care how long you've been saved or how short of a time you've been saved, all of these teachings are, are vitally important to the establishment of a strong foundation because a house will only last as long as, as the strength of its foundation remains. And if it's a shoddy foundation, then the house won't last. So when storms come and they beat, and they will beat, the, 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 the scripture that we read one of the, in, in one of the classes, the scripture we read about out of Matthew where the storm came and beat against the strong foundation and the weak foundation alike. So the storms are going to come. So it's not if storms come, it's when they come. If we've got a strong foundation, we're able to handle the storms of life and the issues and the things that come against us. That's why we've got to know who we are in Christ. Yes? Second thing that we talked about, what true repentance is. I used to think that repentance was a long four-letter word, you know, like it was a nasty word or it was something wrong with that word. I mean, I, I just overlook it after when I first got born again because I, I didn't understand it. We have to understand one of the things that we just said that this foundation produces is an understanding of who we are and where we're at and how to operate in the kingdom of God. You must understand true repentance or you cannot move forward in life, Amen. Because what happens is your past begins to dictate your future. Number three, we talked about last week and it went with what we did on Sunday was what true baptism is. And I tell you, whether you've been baptized or not before, I'd really encourage you to go listen to that message because there is definite power in that message that we shared last week. Amen? So tonight, we're talking about the fourth element in this foundational covering of faith or the statement of faith. I believe personally that every person should have a statement of faith established on the inside of them. And that these categories, these five categories that are they're under the word faith are things that have to be reality to you. You have to know who you are in Christ. You have to understand true repentance or you live your life justifying all the mistakes that you made. Well, you know, I mean, you, you know, you, somebody's correcting you in a certain area and you're thinking, well, you know, that's not all that bad. At least I didn't murder somebody or whatever. You, you don't have to have that kind of attitude. You can come before God and say, you know what, God, I missed that. 
God, I ask you to forgive me in this area right here, and I thank you for the power that you have given me in Christ Jesus to overcome this situation. So we have to understand true repentance. And, and the remembrance that we have of when we're water baptized. Was that an awesome baptismal service on Sunday? I'll tell you what, that's one of the best services in water baptism we've ever had because it was such an anointing in the class, the 30 minutes where we talked about baptism before, that when we came there, everybody was prepared and ready for it. And some, sometimes in the Spirit, in, in, in my Spirit, I, I'll baptize people, and there's, there's, like, there's this, this understanding that I'm having that they're really not understanding what they're doing. And that's not a good thing. Because we need to understand that when we're water baptized, we leave the past here and we come up in the newness of life with the power to overcome sin and issues in life, you know? But I'm telling you, on Sunday, there was no blockage with any of those people that, that got water baptized, and every single, single one of them are walking in the newness of life and have the power to overcome all the obstacles of life. Doesn't mean it's easy. I'm saying they've got the power and the awareness, and now they have the memory of the day they come up out of that water that connects with their true salvation. And I tell you what, that's when you have power. We got to know these things. Amen? Now, number four tonight. What did I say? Number four tonight? Oh, num tonight, number four. Uh, <clears throat> is to be, is to, there has to be an understanding of what it means to be filled with the Spirit. Now, I don't have a lot of time, and I got a bunch of scriptures. So just fasten your seatbelt, <clears throat> and we're going to run through these, right? But there's an anointing on this tonight. Um, So let's start with John 16. No, no, we'll go to John 16 second. Let's first, let's go to 1 John 5. 1 John 5. And verse 7. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and they're one. Now go to John 16. John 16 and verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. We see here that there is a third person of the Godhead and his job, and if you notice, the scripture, is, as we read several of these scriptures, you'll notice that the Bible doesn't call him an it. 
The Bible calls him a he, he the Holy Spirit. In other words, he is a person. And he is in the form of a spiritual person that lives on the inside of you and I. And we're going to see through Scripture the importance of your connection to him to live in a place of victory. To be able to hear the voice of the Spirit and then be able to do something with that voice and be confident that you know what God is saying. And, and i just tell you right now, that's not something that you're going to learn from one message or spending two hours praying and asking God to reveal Himself. It's something that's going to evolve in your life for the rest of your life. So there's no reason to get in a hurry. And there's no reason to get freaked out if you don't understand something clearly tonight and you don't totally agree in your head with maybe some of the things that I'm going to talk about concerning the Holy Spirit. doesn't matter. You've got the rest of your life to work it out. Look at your neighbor and say, so be patient. <clears throat> Amen? So, first thing that, I, that, that we're looking at tonight is that there, th this Holy Spirit is a third person and He's a helper. We see in Genesis 1, we're just laying foundation about the, concerning who the Holy Spirit is. Genesis 1 and verse 1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Verse 26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. Notice, let us. Who? Father, Son, and Spirit. Right? So, Holy Ghost has been here from the beginning of, what, of the time we need to know about. He's been here from the beginning because Father's been here from the beginning. Son's been here. Word has been here from the beginning. John 1 says that the Word was in the beginning, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So that Word was in the beginning because the three of us made man, is what God's saying. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost made man, verse 26 of Genesis 1. So we see... The second thing I want you to see is that the Holy Spirit has been here from the beginning. Amen? Third thing I want you to see tonight is that you are born of the Spirit, you're filled with the Spirit, and you have the ability to pray in the Spirit. Now let's look at a few verses of Scripture. Let's look at John 3. John chapter 3 and verse 3. This is Jesus in his conversation with the Pharisee Nicodemus. And Jesus answered, verse 3, and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Verse 5, Jesus answered, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the Spirit, 
he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. The water there represents the water of the womb. So first you're born of the natural, and then you're born of the Spirit. The thing you have to understand is to be born of the Spirit is the process that we talked about in our first class, or it was actually our second class that we had on foundation, about the fact that you must be born again. Well, when we're born again, we're born again of the Spirit. So, as you accept that, because the Scripture says it, what happens is that over time, and even tonight, if you're sitting here with a question, what does that mean or how can that happen? When you sit here tonight and we finish in all these Scriptures that we're going to read here, what will happen is that that will begin to be answered. Not totally answered, but it'll begin to, it'll start evolving because the Word of God has the answer to everything. It's amazing. So what we need to see tonight though is that it's, it's vital that we're born of the Spirit of God. And then in Matthew 3.11, turn there, I indeed, John, John is saying this, I indeed baptize you with water, John the Baptist, unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So there's a baptism in water that represents our connection with God through salvation, through, through the born-again experience. We're born of the Spirit. But then we're filled or baptized with the Holy Spirit also. Then in Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, the third thing that I mentioned to you was, we're born of the Spirit, we're filled with the Spirit, and then we pray in the Spirit. And in Acts 2.4 on the day of Pentecost, we see, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to what? They begin to speak in other tongues or pray in other tongues. How? As the Spirit gave them utterance. As we're baptized in the Holy Spirit and we begin to pray and speak in other tongues, as the Spirit of God releases that in our spirit as we accept it and we receive it, then we begin to pray in a tongue that the enemy can't understand. Now, I'm saying that to you tonight and whether you understand that or not really doesn't matter, but the Scripture talks about it. And as, we, as I give you Scripture and you get a hold of the Scripture, then you got to look at the Scripture and go read it yourself and make, make the, uh, the determination that what you hear from the Word of God is truth and you receive it. And when you receive it, it begins to make a difference on the inside of you. But these things we have to know and we have to understand. We have to know, number one, where to find them in Scripture. That's why I'm giving you these verses. So, I'm just going to give you just a number of things to write down. And we're just going to look at like one, one Scripture for each one of these. And I, and I mentioned this a minute ago about the Holy Spirit being a helper. But I'm going to give you 
a number of things that the Spirit of God provides. A number of things that the Spirit of God provides. Number one, help. And John 14 and verse 15 says, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Who is this helper? It's the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. In other words, I will be the helper to you. What the Holy Spirit provides when you understand the person of the Holy Spirit, when you're born of Him, when you're filled with Him, and then you then you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you begin to pray to Him in the Spirit, He begins to help you. I don't, I don't know about you, but man, I tell you what, I've needed some help many times. Hmm? In my life, I've needed a bunch of help. And I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost has never let me down. Now, I've let Him down, and I haven't pursued Him, and I've gone at times and tried to get help somewhere else or looked somewhere else, but every time I go to him for help, he helps me because he's the helper. Second thing he provides is power and anointing. Acts 1 8. Acts 1 and 8. But you, re- you shall receive the power, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria. Kerrville, Comfort, Ingram, and to the end of the earth, right? To the end of the earth. So he brings power into our lives. And then in Acts 10, and some of these you can just jot down, Acts 10 and verse 38, he brings anointing in our lives. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Why? Because God was with him and God had anointed him. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased the day that he was baptized. Right? So he brings anointing and power, the Holy Spirit does. If you notice how the Spirit is in all of these scriptures. It's not just that Jesus was the Son of God, so He did miracles. He did, he did the miracles and manifested miracles because the Spirit of God was in Him and with Him. Back to John 14. And the Holy Spirit brings teaching. John 14 and verse 26. <clears throat> But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you. How much will He teach you? All things. All things? Get down. All things? He will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. All things. How many things? All things. He'll teach you everything, anything, everything you need. The Helper will teach you. If... You're born of His Spirit, you're filled with Him, and you pray to Him. Hmm? 17th verse, same chapter. Another thing that He does. Verse 17. He is who? The Spirit of truth. He brings truth to you. Wow. 
I don't know if that's right or not. Pray. Pray. He'll reveal the truth to you. Well, you know, you just never know. Oh, you can know. Spirit of truth is in us, right? His spirit, we talked about this in our, in our first teaching, his spirit and my spirit, the day I got born again, become one. Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the, the spirit, the third part of the triune being, the third part of the Godhead becomes one with my human spirit, bam. And we become one, and then all truth can be revealed to me. I can know the secrets of God, the hidden secrets. I used to hear people say things like, you know, you just never know the deep things of God. No, but the Spirit of God that's in me does because He's part of God. Well, you can't tap that. Then what did He come in there for? To play games and whatever? No, he's there for to reveal truth. Amen? Romans 8, 14. Romans, what did I say? Oh yeah. 8 14. Next thing he does is he leads. For as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. As many as are led by the Spirit, He will lead you. And if you allow Him to lead you, you become a manifested Son of God. Doesn't mean that you're not a, a child of the living God, but you become a manifested Son who is manifesting results of sonship. And that's, that's man or woman, either one, of sonship. You're manifesting those results. Why? Because He's leading you. Now watch, watch, what, watch what another one is. Because He's leading us. Um, he in um, in Jude tw- in Jude, which is only one chapter, second to the last book of the Bible. In Jude twenty, watch this. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, how praying in the Holy Spirit. We're born of the Spirit. We're filled with the Spirit. We pray with the Spirit. And what happens is, when my faith is depleted, I can pray in other tongues, I can pray in the Spirit, and all of a sudden, confidence and faith begins to arise. Well, I don't know about you, but man, there have been some times in my life when I've been really discouraged, and I needed the helper helping me, and you know what? We're co-laborers with Him, we're, we're in partnership with Him, and He's already done His part, so when I do my part... By praying in the Spirit, His part kicks in. When I do my part, His part kicks in. I've got, I've got, I've got people in my life, you know, I, I, I minister to a lot of people outside of this body. I don't know why it just has worked out that way. And, and you know, I've got some people that, that I'll, I'll minister to over a period of time. And, and one of the things that a lot of people say is, well, you know, I just... Just gonna give it to God. Give it to God. Just gonna give it to God. And 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 what what does that mean? What are you gonna give to him? How can you give something to God? And most of the time when people say that they're gonna give it to God, it's because it's something they can't figure out and they're tired of it and they don't want to do what's right anymore, so they're just gonna give it to God. Let's let God work it out. He's already worked it out. 
Now he's given us, he's given us his word. He's given us his spirit. He's given us all of heaven to back us up. And now he's saying, with my spirit and with my word, and you listening to me and allowing the Holy Spirit to be who he was created to be, the helper, the one who's bringing truth to you, the one who comforts you, the one who stands alongside of you, let him reveal this truth of what you need to do and then do it. And when you do his word and you get it from him and you begin to believe in it, then what he's already accomplished, it kicks in. But until that time, it could be kicking in for everybody else on the planet but you because you're waiting on him. And you know what he's, I can kind of hear his voice when I say that right now. Just tell him, don't wait on me. Pursue me. Connect with me. Understand me. Know the truth. Let the truth be revealed. Let, Let the Holy Spirit reveal this truth to you. Let the Holy Spirit help you because you need help. Look at your neighbor and say, you need help. Amen? Everybody here today needs help. I'm talking about the help of the Holy Ghost. And he helps in a good way because he's always got the right answers. Hmm? Always. So he builds us. Verse uh, 21 Keep yourselves in the love of God looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Other thing he does is he brings the love of God. He builds us up in faith, but the love of God is manifested. The Holy Spirit brings the revelation of the love of God. Awesome. Another thing that the Holy Spirit does, uh, 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12 In verse 13, for by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but it's many members. And it says farther on down that the spirit sets the members in his body the way he wants it. But there's one spirit, there's one God, there's one body, And we're all many members of that, and we connect by the Spirit of God. Because see, if we try to connect by the flesh, we'll we'll, we'll kill each other. Take each other out. Hmm? Plot against each other. (laughs) Only by the Spirit of God can we love each other in spite of each other. Right? That's the way God made it. So then you die to yourself. Take up your cross daily and you follow after him. Spirit of God reveals to you how to walk in love and the peace of God. The truth is all over you. He's helping you. You're able to overcome situations. It's amazing what can happen in your life. And the other thing is that what the Spirit provides is the ability to pray with other tongues. And I just want you to see this passage in Acts 19. And you can go look at it and meditate on it yourself. But I want you to see the difference in salvation and the Spirit of God coming in the form of of spiritual baptism. And it happened in Acts 19 and verse 1, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. 
And Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, which is a good thing, and you need that. We already talked about that. Saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, watch this, the Holy Spirit came upon them. See, they, were, they believed and they were baptized ahead of time. So in other words, they were saved. But when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke with tongues and they prophesied. Whoa. So what the Spirit of God enables us to do is to pray in other tongues. And what that praying in other tongues does, what? Builds us up in faith, empowers us to walk in the love of God, gives us peace and joy. I mean, there's a, it's just endless what the Holy Spirit brings to the table to those who are born of Him, who are baptized by Him, and who operate in praying in other tongues. It's amazing there's no end to what can happen. So, we're going to end with this tonight. And you just write these down and look at them. Go to 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14. And there's other benefits. What I just shared with you is what the Spirit provides. And now what I'm, what I'm giving you is just four benefits of praying in the Spirit. And number one is found in 1 Corinthians 14.4. He who speaks in tongues edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. And we're not going to talk about the difference there tonight. But just see that he who speaks in tongues does what? Edifies himself. Praying in other tongues creates an edification on the inside of you that will cause you when you're weary, when you're down, when you feel like whatever, you're frustrated, when you feel stuck, you feel like there's nothing happening in your life, you pray in the Holy Ghost and edification comes. Say amen to that. Amen? The, the, the second thing is, is that revelation knowledge comes and back up to the second verse. For he who speaks in, in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands, however, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. You and I, when we pray in other tongues, we speak mysteries. And, and there are things that the enemy will never know that you're saying. See, what happens is the reason the defeated enemy, the devil himself, gets away with so much stuff in people's lives is they expose themselves by their English words. Man, I'm tired. Man, I'm this. Man, I'm frustrated. Man, I hate that guy. Man, I mean... And then all he does is just push buttons all day long. But see, when we pray in the Spirit... We pray mysteries. And then there's another scripture a little farther on in 1 Corinthians 14 there. says we'll pray in the Spirit, then we begin to pray in the understanding. God will give us understanding of things that we're praying for that will empower us and edify us and give us understanding and knowledge that we would have never had in the natural realm and known things about situations that we're facing that you could never figure out. That's what the Holy Spirit brings to the table. Man, you know. The longer I've even teaching this tonight, I'm thinking, seems a little unfair. He brings it all to the table. What have I brought? He just says, just come to the table. Just show up and listen to me and let me help you. Let me show you. Let me reveal myself to you. Let me do all this stuff. And if you'll do your part by praying, receiving, and doing, then all my stuff kicks in. Man. Amen? And also in that... In, in that 
14.4, he who speaks in, in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. We have the ability by the Holy Spirit to hear that voice. And the Spirit of God is a voice, and it's a voice inside of you that, that your human spirit hears, and then you hear your human spirit. And I'm not gonna, I, I, can't, I don't have time to get into that tonight, but I'm just saying this. There's voices in the world, and then there's the voice of the Spirit that, that is connected with your human spirit, that you begin to learn what your human spirit is saying from the Holy Spirit instead of listening to all the thoughts and ideas that the world is telling you. Instead of operating from our reasoning mind, we begin to operate from the inside of us, and then we live in victory. Because you will never do anything in life that you heard from God, you meditated, you had the confidence, and you walked it out that won't work exactly like He said it will work if you'll do it just like He said. That's why we got to know his voice. Can you say amen? We got to know his voice. And the last thing, the last thing is found in Romans 8 and 26. These are benefits that the Holy Spirit brings to the table. Likewise, verse 26, Romans 8. The Spirit also helps our weakness. For we don't know what we should pray or how we should pray, right? But the Spirit himself, the person of the Holy Spirit, makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he, in, he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. In this last thing, there's two things. When we don't know how to pray... He reveals to us how to pray as we pray in the Spirit. And the second thing is, and this is, this is the most exciting of all of it, <laughs> is that when you start praying in the Holy Ghost, you're praying the perfect will of God. The perfect will of God when you pray in the Spirit. I don't know how, he just said it. Huh? Then the whole issue is not his perfect will, but... His perfect will getting from the spirit realm to your Texas brain. And once that happens, it's all over but the shout. But then there's tomorrow. <laughs> so it's that way the rest of your life, you see? Then there's tomorrow. Boy, I heard God, I did it, and it worked. And then you go to bed and you wake up the next day, and you just expect it all to work like that, and, and it doesn't. And there's a whole new fresh day where you get to pray in the Holy Ghost, listen to his voice, do the things that he tells you. You make mistakes, you repent, right? You pick up and you keep moving, and you just do it over and over for the rest of your life. And along the way, instead of people in your life, they become casualties. No, now people in your life get connected and they begin to see you doing it, and then they start doing it, and it works in them. And we just duplicate ourselves in everybody that comes along. Hmm? So tonight, I say, and I declare, that you and I are becoming people that know our God, 
We hear his voice, we do what he says, and we prosper in everything that God shows us, everything. So tonight, Father, I thank you for your people. I thank you for your spirit that's inside each and every person here. We are people born of your spirit. We're people that are filled with your spirit. And we're people that are released through praying in other tongues with your spirit. And as that happens inside of us, and we hear your voice, there's no devil in hell that can stop your will from being accomplished in and through us in the name of Jesus. And Lord, tonight, we believe it and we purpose to do whatever it takes to work out your will within our lives, to understand it, to know it, to live in it. And we give you all the praise tonight. And we give you all of the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. I was in conversation with one of my daughters this today, this morning, with Laura. And uh, I made the, she was asking me about something. And I made the statement that I've heard myself make before. But when I made the statement, something just went off inside of me. When I told her, you know, I'm giving her, in, you know, answers maybe to something that she's asking me, but it answered something inside of me. And it's this, that God gives you the desires of your heart, not the desires of your head. Because your head can desire a lot of things that are not his will. And how does his will become established in your heart by the Holy Ghost, the helper. And he's helping us. And I'm telling you what, it can go from your head to your heart and the purity of what his will is for you can be accomplished. Write this down, Psalm 37, verses 1 through about 10 will give you the answers in that. Psalm 37, 1 through 10 will give you the answer. Amen? God bless you tonight.